0: Here today, and we're super excited to talk to you about how you can have a successful debrief. Basically, how yeah. can you and your team that you're on or that you lead communicate effectively? Because not all communication is effective.
1: Yeah, like Marky with the full mouth of cookie. That's <laughs> not effective communication. Rough, 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 rough. Well,
0: <laughs> I love her. She's just so cute.
1: There's uh, one of the things. Uh, that we want you to do is go ahead and like, share, subscribe, and uh, hit the notification button. Uh, That actually does help get the Word out Uh, today on What's the Word? One of the things that we're focusing on is how do you continue growth? Mm -hmm. So in Luke chapter 2 verse 52 it says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Right, So it wasn't just favor with God, it was favor with men as well. So there was a continued increase. And uh, many times that I've found in organizations that I've been in, is we've hit a certain point and then we stalemate. Like we just, we we stop, you know? And uh, we want to grow. Uh, We had, we just came off of Kickstart uh, this past week, And uh, we have many great testimonies, but one of the greatest that came out of that was that people recognized that we, as a church, have grown. Like our processes have grown. uh, You know, different the teams have grown. They've seen different things, and even we had you know comments that like you need to teach some of these things uh, that you learn now. And let me just give credit where credit is due. Uh, The the Holy Ghost connected us. Uh, with Pastor J.B. Whitfield and Pastor Chris DiCiacio and uh, ICCF, which is a ministerial group specifically uh, focused towards church leadership. And you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I was taught to be a leader i i I would say that I tried to think like a leader, uh, and so I thought that I was one in the Marines. I took leadership courses, you know you know, promotions, different things like that, owned businesses, started businesses, all of that, yeah. and pretty much thought that I was a decent leader until I met these guys and <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I realized i'm not very good at all and by humbling ourselves uh, we really learned some things that we needed to out of the word and we're going to look at that today is how do you continue growth as a team specifically after you've had an event uh, after you, and which is one of the greatest places to learn and to grow. Because our job in Christ is to follow Him. Paul yeah. said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, if Paul is following Christ and we are following Christ, then we're also going to follow his example to grow and not get stagnant, Right. We want to remain a a place where growth can continue to take place, fruit can abound, yeah. and the harvest for the kingdom of God can continue uh, to go. Amen. Uh, n- my wife Nicole says, uh, "Kickstart was a great success in part because our teams have given themselves to grow. Amen. They've given themselves to change and doing whatever it takes." Takes true hearts of a servant. That is absolutely true, and that's that's one of the things that we want to you know uh, establish a culture of growth and a culture of increase, and that's something that we've sought to do. And I would say that's a great point. And please put that in the comments right now. Is uh, you know one of the true characteristics of growth is to establish a culture of growth Mm -hmm. and a culture of increase. So put that in the comments. Any organization needs to establish a culture of increase and growth. And that is what we are talking about today. And one of the things that Pastor JB has said so many times, and I think it was, it may have been John Maxwell that said it first. I am trying to remember. But somebody said I heard it from him. And he said that culture eats vision for breakfast. Mm -hmm. So you can have... Vision. You can have you know, vision, uh, but if your culture doesn't support that vision, yeah. uh, you will lose that vision. Yeah. So if culture doesn't support your vision, you will lose that vision. So somebody type that and put that in the comments right now. If culture doesn't support your vision, you'll lose that vision. And so you must establish a culture of growth and a culture yeah. of increase. And We actually talk about it quite a lot is that we can't sit still. We can't sit still. We can't grow stale. We can't live at average. We're not we are in the family of God. We are his children. We are empowered to do and we he's granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. How can we sit still? There's no yeah. way we should we should be at that place. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you're talking about how, you know, culture eats vision for breakfast, but truly at Boomerang, it took us years, years. That's true, like, yeah. I've been here, yeah. it'll be, it's coming up on eight years that I've been here at Boomerang, and I would say within the last two, maybe, yeah. two years, We've finally gotten yeah. to a place where the people here at the church, but especially our leadership team, where we've truly taken on yeah. the heart of what the vision's supposed to be. Yeah. Because here's the thing, like the people can be hungry for growth and things, but your the leadership structure at a church or really any sort of business It's in Psalms, you know, the anointing flows from the head to the beard to the fringes of the garment. And in a church structure, a business world structure, you know, you as the pastor over this church, you're the head of the, like Jesus yeah, is the head, yeah. but you're the head of the ministry. And then the leadership team underneath you, yeah. if we don't have the vision and we don't yeah. catch it, it's never going to flow down to the people. That's and, exactly right. And I've been on the leadership team, you know, it's been over seven years at this point that I've been on it and I've seen, you know, when we've done well, I've seen when we haven't done well, sure. but I don't really think we began to run or the culture changed until the Leadership team really truly got it inside of us. And I'd say yeah. we're just beginning with that.
1: Well, and it's not just business. You know, sure. we're talking about kingdom business, and a lot of times churches will bring in worldly business concepts. Mm-hmm. This is not, a, and that's what we're going to show today. Mm-hmm. It's not a worldly business concept. This is a biblical business yeah. concept. And that's why it works as well. Uh, but also, one of the things that you see is for example, you, you know, and part of the reason I wanted you on here today is because you've been on the leadership team, the ELT, uh, for a number of years, and you can bring history and bring different uh, points about it. But one of the things is, you know, we just had a meeting, um, you know, a few weeks ago, and it was like, all right, we royally missed it. You know we just had that meeting and so we are and whereas a lot of people looking in will say oh no you're doing great but we're not satisfied Mm -mm. at where we're at you know we in other words lord thank you for what we have and we're content with what we have but we're not content to stay still and uh, that is so important in other words what got us to the place of that growth is not being satisfied yeah. to stay, but to take what Jesus has given us, believe by faith for increase, and establish that culture of yeah. growth and in business, um, my dad used to say this uh, he would say if you 're not going forward, you are going backwards my yeah. Nicole put it basically there a second ago in the comments if you 're not going forward, you are going backwards and just by simple attrition, you know uh, there would be like with accounts that I used to have, if you 're not adding new accounts, you are losing accounts because businesses will just shut down. you know uh, businesses will shut down uh things will go backwards if you 're not going forward, you are going yeah. backwards, and so you can't nobody can afford to just sit still yeah. you must grow
0: well and and the the example pastor just brought up about how the leadership team royally missed it like we It was a miss, like for sure. And the next thing I'm about to say is not discrediting that. But two people looking in, they may not have thought that it was a royal mess. You know, we we, as a church, we've handled a lot of like the visually big stuff that needed to be corrected. But this was a a small fox that left unattended could have led to a big problem. The reason it was big for us is because we know better and we should have operated differently. But you should never just be satisfied with, okay, these great big things, I've corrected these, I don't need to grow anymore. We're never done growing. Right. Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We can keep in, uh, increasing. The <laughs> Pastor Nicole put the description up or the attrition. definition of attrition. Love
1: you. <laughs> the action, yeah, that was a big word, I guess. I
0: was so pleased. Uh, I was like, what a The big action
1: word. or process of gradually reducing the strength or effectiveness yeah. of someone or something through sustained attack or pressure. <laughs>
0: Such I, a good word.
1: I had attrition just while I read the definition. <laughs> it felt like the longer that definition went, the more I you know, had attrition. <laughs> yeah. look, look real quick. Let's go and let me show you this because this is very important in Acts chapter 27. And I believe it's verse 20. We'll actually spend quite a bit of time in Acts today as we look at this. Uh, we want to yeah. look specifically today... Yeah, we want to look specifically today at uh, debriefing the team. Mm-hmm. In other words, because anytime you have an event, it brings up quite a uh, prime opportunity for growth, right? It brings this yeah. great opportunity for growth as soon as you have an event. And so we just finished Kickstart. It was a big event. It was a big event leading up to it. We just finished moving you know everything to the new studio. Yeah. Uh, all the equipment new equipment presents challenges. you know it presents sure. issues and opportunities uh, for growth. and um, so Many things happened in the last month. I mean, many. There's many people here after midnight, multiple times in the last month. Yeah. Uh, doing work, volunteering, giving their time to the kingdom of God and everything. And um, so when you have events, it's a prime opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to miss it. You know, if we walked as a team and, uh, you know, literally our leadership team is in the process of debriefing last week right now. Uh, but also this media team will be doing a debrief as soon as we're done with this broadcast because I'm going to prompt it. But because we went through so much and then I'm going to make them go home and go to bed. Amen. Um, like, and that's a part of it as well is. You you must know when to rest and how to rest as well. But this is a prime opportunity for growth. And if you just pass it by and you don't have a productive and constructive debrief, then you miss... Uh, a great opportunity to grow. Yeah. And so we've taken advantage of those. We've not always done it well, but we've learned to do them better. And But I want you to see this talking about attrition and this constant pressure that will lead to the opposite of growth, lead to a decrease yeah. that we should resist. Listen, write that in the comments right now. As believers, we should resist decrease. Amen. As believers, we should resist decrease. Amen. And so this is um, Acts 27 and verse 20. It says, they were in this, you know, death storm since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small storm was assailing us. In other words, it was a big storm. Mm-hmm. From then on, all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned, was gradually abandoned. Yeah. And so what you see was... This consistent pressure from this death storm on the people and the devil's plan and strategy strategy was to put a pressure on that would draw their hope down. Yeah. When I read this some years ago, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said that's the devil's plan. Keep pressure on until you give up hope. Yeah. You know, and that's what he's always trying to do. He's trying to keep the pressure on until we give up hope. Well, we have to actively resist decrease, actively resist that pressure mm-hmm. and attrition. We have to actively resist it, which means we can't think stale. Right. We can't think average. We must think increase in growth. We must think increase in growth. And you know, sometimes when you get to a place like after an event, you're like, I just don't want to think about anything for a few days. The difference, that's where you have people that excel Mm -hmm. versus people that become average is how they handle those moments. Well, I'm just done. I don't want to think about it. Well, the problem is now's the moment to think about it. Don't take that whole event and all of the effort and throw it in the trash uh, at that moment. Utilize it. Get what you need out of it. Then go rest. In other words, don't wrap up until you're ready to wrap up. Amen. And uh, so, what I want to show you is just biblically a couple of times where there were a constructive team debriefings. And one thing with Jesus, this is Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. Let me, let me just show you, Luke 10, 17, somebody put this in the comments, it says, the 70, because Jesus had sent the 70 out to you know, uh, do the works of God, the 70 returned with joy saying to the Lord, Lord. Even the demons are subject to us in in your name. Mm -hmm. In other words, what happened in this this context is they came back and reported. This is one of the things that they reported that Jesus addressed. But what you see is the disciples, the 70, came back to Jesus and they gave him a report. They debriefed what had happened when he sent them out. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. Acts 4.23 says, uh, when they had been released, they went to their own companions, or the King James says, to their own company. In other words, they got together with their people, with their team, and they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. In other words, they debriefed what just happened. This was the Holy Ghost leading them to think as one. See, when we yeah. debrief, that's one of the things. One of the benefit, benefits of a debrief, uh, about said benefits. Benefric. Benefits. Benefits. <laughs> one of the benefits of a debrief <laughs> was that you get in unity. You get in unity, right? Yeah. And so they reported all. What were they doing? They were bringing their thinking into alignment. Yeah. They were bringing their thinking and their decisions and their future actions into unity. All right, Acts eleven four, Acts eleven four. 4. Uh, this is in the King James. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by by order unto them, saying. Yeah. So well, what do you see from Peter? You see a complete debrief. Here's what happened. Here's what happened. Here's what, you know, uh, we'll go over this in a second, but here's what was supposed to happen. Here's what actually happened. And then Acts 14, 27, and when they were come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. And so what are you seeing? You're seeing through the New Testament specifically in this first century church. A rehearsing, a reporting, a debriefing of what had happened as part of what made them strong. They were in unity, they didn't miss the opportunity for growth. And so you see this, and I'm not saying that these are all the scriptures talking about a good debrief, but here's just a few to show you that this was a common practice of good team leadership. Yeah. And Jesus did it, the disciples did it, Paul did it, Peter did it. All of, and you see that this was good, right? Yeah. It was a good debrief. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, And I know that there are people who, and we have them on our team, too, that are doers. Like, they'd rather just knock stuff out than have to sit and talk about it. Like, talking can feel like pulling teeth. But there's a moment where you need to have that discussion. Yeah. You know, there's... (laughs) I laughed when I saw the title of today, because Pastor sent the title immediately after I had sent my debrief on the ELT, like, on our leadership team line. I'm like, oh, no, maybe I debriefed wrong, and I'm about to find out publicly. But... <laughs> but there are moments where you've got to take them because if we don't ever communicate and discover what went well, my perception of how something went yeah. can be very different than Pastor Brian's. Yeah. can be very different than Buddy's and Marky's. So yeah. I could be perceiving things are awesome. This whole thing was yeah. super and on the back end of stuff that yes. I'm not responsible for, there are some major holes. And if we yeah. just plow ahead and we go off of my sole perspective on it, I could think it's amazing. But yeah. there are people who are floundering behind me that will never be able to succeed because we didn't take the time to actually honestly assess where we are.
1: Correct. Yeah. And uh, that that's a great, great point because when you have a event so to speak or a an activity that is large yeah when you have an event that is large i'm not at every place at all times. Nor should you be. Nor should I be. And you're not at every place at all times. And so there's things that other people will see that in order to grow and increase, we have to have reporting of it. We have to have, because in other words, now watch this, if you're going to believe God to do supernatural things on a supernatural level... You're not going to, if that actually occurs, you are not going to be in every place at every time yeah. and see everything that happened. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff I didn't see this week. I couldn't see. My job was to minister the Word. My job was to go forward in Christ, yeah. to inspire people, you know, let the anointing do its work and break every yoke. My job was not to serve the tables. My job was not to make sure the church was clean. Right. My job was not to park cars. Right. You know, had we not had reporting in the week, actually we would have run out spaces on Friday night in the parking lot, right? Because on win- on Wednesday night we only had four spaces left. Yeah. So so when it came to Friday I said, "Look, everybody carpool. If yeah. you can carpool, call. well we only had five spaces left you know, on Friday night with people carpooling. So had we not sent that out, it was a great event. That's yeah. a great problem to have, but without a proper... Uh, communication, yeah. we could have, what are, where are we going to do? I mean, we would have come up with a solution, but it made it much easier yeah. by communicating that. Because I wasn't out there to see that. You know, I was pre- preparing and prepping for the service. I'm, yeah. I'm spending my time doing my job. Other people are doing their job and together every joint supplies. But without communication and a pulse on yeah. what's going on, Uh, things don't go as well. It's not as much excellence as well. And so one of the things that I want you to see now is this, is in Acts chapter 15 we see a great debrief about what's going on. Uh, They've had a situation. They don't know exactly what to handle, how to handle it. It's after an event has taken place and they have the council. They're, They're trying to figure out how do we handle these Gentiles? Uh, these Gentiles who are, you know, they're uncircumcised. They have other practices than, than we have. They're coming into the kingdom. Now, we never, you know, it's kind of like, we never thought Gentiles would be born again. Now these Gentiles are being born again. What do we do? Yeah. And Scott said, right. Thank you, Scott, for the comment. Priscilla said, such a good point. And so, uh, and yeah, and Serena says, our perspectives can all be very different and need to be communicated. Yeah. I can see things that other people don't see. Yeah. You can see things that are, because of our background, our job in that activity, uh, what we're seeing. and. In order to be in excellence and to believe God for really big things, that means there's going to be a lot of different perspectives. yeah, you know and we want to not necessarily hear every perspective, but we definitely want to get a very big view, a wide yeah. view of that. and that's why a debrief, a debrief is so important. And what we're going to go over is four questions, four questions in just a moment to ask. To debrief your team so that your team can grow. Yeah. So that the team can grow, the overall vision can grow, culture can grow. We're going to go over four questions in just a minute. Before we do that, let's look at Acts 15. Mm-hmm. So they're coming together. They have this event with these Gentiles coming in. There's some questions. How do we handle this, right? And I want you to see that in this whole chapter you see debate, discussion, Disputations, in other words, they would dis- dispute certain points.
0: They'd be arguing. Ar-
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> what we like to call healthy conflict. You know, some people like healthy conflict. I like it now.
0: I'm good now. I'm good now.
1: <laughs> uh, some people don't like healthy conflict. Uh, like we've we've figured out. Uh, That used to be, Buddy didn't like, did not like Healthy Conflict. (laughs) He says, I'm growing. uh, (laughs) But here's why I like Healthy Conflict, because without it, you won't grow. Yeah. Without it, you won't grow. And look, we're going to put a link in the description. Uh, This is an extremely good book. We'll put a link in the description and... um, one of the best books to kind of draw this out is uh called the five dysfunctions of a team uh by patrick Lencioni, yeah. and uh, we'll put a we'll put a link in the in the description for you to uh, get it and um you know put that in the youtube link and in, yeah. in, the, in the facebook link there but um yeah. five dysfunctions of a team It draws out the importance of healthy conflict. And if you don't have healthy conflict or healthy discussions that actually look at the bad points, then what ends up happening is you don't actually get to the place where you grow. You will actually go backwards. You have a false sense of unity and you will not grow. And so used to, I I wasn't a big fan of conflict. But now I understand that without, health, without healthy conflict, yeah. I'm not, you know, we have a term, um, you know, safe harbor. In other words, Barrett, when we come into a leadership meeting, Barrett and all the other team members on there, they're able to bring up conflicting points of view, discuss, uh, discuss, discuss. Um, they're able to, you know, dispute. They're able to bring up these things Without fear that the storm that is, you know, rages around them will destroy them. Safe In other harbor. Way. Safe harbor. Not Pearl
0: not Harbor. Not Pearl harbor. <laughs> harbor, exactly. And that's,
1: that's what we say. We're not dropping bombs on one another, but we are having a good, healthy, yeah. conflicting sometimes discussion. And by doing that, people are able to grow. People are able to grow in that way.
0: Well, and and the reason, you know, one of the reasons for it is because the likelihood of you truly being in unity with, like, five, six other people all of the time and never at all disagreeing, like, that's that's almost laughable. Yeah. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah. Forever. You know what I mean? No,
1: yeah, and that... To, to think you're you're fooling yourself yeah. is what's happening. Well, And yeah. and
0: the reason you need to have those conversations is because it goes to what I yeah. said earlier. Those small foxes, yeah. those little tiny things that grate and that irritate to you it may be, well I, I can deal with this. But if you don't truly deal yeah. with it, if you don't truly give it to the Lord and then give opportunity for your team members to chime in, then what can happen is division can come in. Right. And division is one of the enemy's favorite things to use if he can get in there with a little thought of well they treated me stupid during this event or i didn't like how this team handled this during this event then all of a sudden that little wedge can create a great big chasm that causes issues down the road so communicating it those 10-15 minutes of awkwardness is worth uh, like years worth of damage in the long run
1: well and one of the principles at play is like what you call, you know, the foxhole uh, syndrome, or I don't know that you call it syndrome, but uh, foxhole brothers, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When two people go through something and they make it through, uh, they have a bond that other people don't have. And so when your leadership team actually goes through healthy conflict and they come out the other side and they realize I've not been destroyed by the other person. We grew together. Mm-hmm. We survived and now we will thrive. There's something that happens in that moment that bonds that team together and they'll be stronger than they ever were before. Yeah. And uh, so, one of the things. Now, some people like conflict, and they like they like Pearl Harbor on the other people. That's not what you're looking for. That's unhealthy. You mm-hmm. don't want that. Kevin said earlier. He said, I, "I think I liked unhealthy conflict more than healthy conflict." For uh, sure, I yeah. sure did. <laughs> <laughs> some people like to debate, and mm-hmm. you're not looking for that. But at the same time, you're not looking to avoid yeah. a real issue. You need to deal with those issues yeah. and let the Holy Ghost draw them to victory. Draw them uh, to those places. So uh, draw them to the places to advance, to grow, to grow, to grow. And if you don't, if you as a leader or as a team don't give yourself to that, you'll never be what God's called you to be. You will not fulfill your destiny without that. And so that book is a great book. And it's a world, it's not a biblical book, but I can tell you he had biblical roots in it. Because yeah. you can tell that he knew some scripture as he wrote it. But um, it's it's a really good book that uh, I, I would recommend. Now, let's look at this just real quickly. Uh, Acts chapter 15 and verse 2 through 4. And I want you to see uh, these things that, that they say. So verse 2, it says, And when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them.
0: woo (laughs) So exciting!
1: (laughs) Great, not just dissension and debate. Great
0: dissension and... and, and, uh,
1: Yeah. And uh, (laughs) the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning this issue. So, they had one... You know, healthy, well, conflict. And uh, (laughs) then they said, you need to go to the big boys and you need to take this big issue up, which is something that we see in Exodus chapter 18. Yeah. Where Moses determined and he set leaders in place, leaders of thousands and five hundred and hundreds and fifties and tens. Leaders and what would happen is they would they would handle the small issues, but they would take the large issues up. Mm-hmm. So they would bring the very big issues to Moses, and that allowed Moses to lead a much bigger Uh, A much more effective group of people instead of wearing Moses out. Because what good is a team if all the leaders are worn out? They can't be, and in order for the leaders not to be worn out, they can't do everything, mm-hmm. you know? They can't go see, you know, they can't go see everybody when they go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. It's not possible uh, to happen. If you want an organization to, to grow to the vision that God wants, you know, a pastor can't go visit everybody. That, it says in Ephesians that that, Church is there to grow the people, right? Grow the people up to do the work of ministry. That's the work of ministry that the people in a body of Christ should say, take on themselves and say, I will make this happen and uh, I will make it happen so that you don't wear out. Because what you want to do is get to the place where nobody wears out but yet we uphold a great responsibility by the grace of God in a big group and a a vision that God's given. That doesn't happen by one person doing all the work. It's not possible. You
0: can lead many things, you can't do everything.
1: Yeah, you can't do everything, but you can lead many things. And that's what God's called us to do. And that's what is shown in Exodus 18. So what they did was they had this discussion, and then they said, hey, this is an important discussion. It needs to go up. And so they took it to the apostles at Jerusalem. Yeah. All right. Now, he says in verse 3, It says, therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. So what do you see here? You see a description in detail. This was not leaving points out or skipping over. It was giving all the important points, all of them. Yeah. In other words, uh, Kevin had something great earlier. Let me go back to it. Kevin Nowicki, I really appreciate this. He said in the fire department, they called the debrief a hot wash. While it was still hot in our minds, you wash over it and wash it out. Great point. Because if you go six months down the road, listen, six months down the road is like years to me. I, I'm, for me to remember what happened, you need to have a debrief quickly and go over all the details. Verse 4, when they arrived at Jerusalem, they were received by the church and the apostles and the elders. And look here, they reported all that God had done with them. They reported it all. The good, the bad, all of it. They reported it, right? And this is what we want to do. We want to have a debrief. We want to report all. So what we're doing right now in our leadership team And right now we're going over the good. In a few minutes we'll go over the bad. You know, we have a line that we're going over those. And we'll determine. We'll go through these four questions we're about to give you. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says this, And after there had been much debate, much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in early days God made a choice among you that By my mouth, the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And so you have a leader. Mm -hmm. He's directing the debate, Mm -hmm. the conversation, the debrief. The leader is overseeing and presiding over it as well. But what you see right here is that they did have a debate. Now this word debate, and this is why I said this earlier, this word debate, when you look at it, means debate, discussion, a dispute, a disputation, or in other words, there was a disputing back and forth about, well, what about this? What about this? You know, a mutual questioning. I think that's a great, a mutual questioning. In yeah. other words, I'm not just trying to prove my point, I'm open to a mutual questioning and a mutual reasoning yeah. right we're reasoning together in this way what is the lord what is the lord's position on this what does the word say what's the scripture on it mutual questioning after much debate so they did a lot of this they didn't just stop because everybody didn't feel good about it there let me add this you must have please put this in the comments a good team must must, all caps, must have emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. A good team must have emotional maturity. That means you're not going to wilt at something. You know, the other day, uh, Ted Chesler Jr. and I had a conversation, and both of us were looking at Scripture from a different point of view. And if you can understand, he and I both are coming from a, a standpoint of kind of being like, an alpha person and personality, you know, and, and, we both were very kind to each other, but yet we mutually discussed the issue, and we're willing to yield at different things. But had we not had emotional maturity, we couldn't have had a real discussion. Oh yeah, I just don't want to talk about it anymore, and so you exit the conversation. No, we're growing, iron sharpening iron. You need to have an emotional maturity that can take one piece of iron swinging at another's uh, uh, doctrine in order to sharpen each other. A good team and a a good leader must have emotional maturity. You must have it. You must have it. And we have conversations like that every now and then. You must have emotional maturity. Have you seen that to be true?
0: Yes, as <laughs> as a former wilter. Yes, I have. Former wilter. I was like I was the. I'm sure the, the Lord's at some point going to let me watch and be like, "Hey, you see what you did to your pastors before you got refined?" Um, <laughs> because I was the person who would cry all the time. And pastors couldn't, they couldn't correct me to the degree that I needed to be. I couldn't get the constructive feedback or really participate because in those conversations, I was in them to win them. Like I was in there to show how smart I was, how much I knew. It wasn't so much about a team it was about Barrett showing off in front of the team to be yeah. seen as important. And over the years,
1: what and the- And I'll add, if a weakness was brought up sure. in you, you would run from it, sure. you know, in a way you, at that time. And um, you would you'd be like, okay, and go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of my favorite moments, because... That's not who you are today at yeah. all. That's not, but it was, it was a major issue yeah. that you had to get that emotional maturity. And as you grew in emotional maturity, um, oh man, you know, that was it changed you it yeah. turned it turned your leadership completely upside down uh from being really an average or stagnant leader to being one who actually is a leader and yeah so yeah well like
0: even pastor announcing on here that after this broadcast we're going to do a debrief it like seven years ago would have heard that and this whole time would have been panicking, thinking about what are the team members going to say? What weakness did I show over the last month or so? Like, what have I done wrong? And I would have been formulating arguments in my head of well, I actually did this for this and I did this for the. Instead of hearing the team and truly wanting the team to grow. See, if you're on a team, you can't be about you. You've got to be a generalist That's got the heart of the vision inside of you. That it doesn't matter if the entire team comes in and says, This was your ball, you sucked, and you dropped it. (laughs) You know what? I did. I did. But because my vision is bigger than me, I own that. And yeah. I'm going to do better next time. Thank you for keeping me accountable. Because when there's accountability in a team, the team yes. goes forward. One person can only do so much. Play Red Rover and like go try to go through two bouncers. You're not going to cut through. But if you're a team of people, you become a battering ram against the enemy. And yeah. where that one person had strength, a team has that much more. And so as as we're going through this if there's any part of your mind that like goes into these conversations or is on a team thinking i've got to show off how good i am or skilled i am as a former shower offer and someone who is still growing in these things myself it's not worth it put that part of your flesh at the altar and say god truly whatever you want Whatever I need to become, whatever I need to look like, make me look like you and less like me. Help me look the way that you look. Help me talk the way that you talk. Help me to lead the way that you lead. Like th- there's even a point. I know you're looking up something, yeah. so I'm not just stalling. But like there is even a point in our leadership structure that we have here at the church where the leader covers their team. You know, over the over the creative arts department in the church, I'm the I'm the leader who oversees it. And in the past, there have been times where the ball's been dropped, and I've been very quick in the past to back away and be like, I, I don't know how that could have happened. Like yeah. it was somebody else. But the Lord has helped me to grow to the point now where if there's something that gets missed and pastor calls it out, I say that's my fault because I'm not going to throw my team under the bus. That's me. They are me. I am them. Like we are a unit. And if there's something that was done well, we all did it well. If there's something that was an opportunity, then we're all going to grow from the opportunity. It's not that Buddy dropped a ball or I dropped a ball or Marky or Abby or Kevin. It's the team did so well. The team has opportunity to grow. But the team together is going to look more and more like a picture of Jesus because we're all bringing different strengths and different giftings.
1: Yeah, amen. And and that's where a team supports each other. Yeah, You know, that that's where that team really supports each other and grows together. And you know, there there's been I mean, I had a moment a few weeks ago where I didn't drop the ball personally, but we did yeah. as a church. And I took responsibility for it. I wasn't throwing the team under no. the bus. It was like, "Hey, look, this is this on on me, you know." And uh that, that's one of those things where you see that when that kind of trust develops in that team, then you have you have each other that will actually start to back up each yeah. other, and and you'll be willing like Jesus did for us, take even a mess up on yourself. Yeah. That now we're talking about really getting into a healthy healthy team. Yeah. And uh, you've seen that happen, you know, with us and. You've seen that happen, you know, in multiple areas. But one of the things, um, one of the things that's so important is that that team grows together mm-hmm. in that availability. You know, that grows together in that place where they actually become healthy, supporting each other, yeah. not looking to throw each other under the bus. You know, um, there's there's a lot that we could talk about about leadership. but I feel like we're getting a yeah. little bit off base, but. Look at, again, look at verse seven, much debate. Mm-hmm. And then look at uh, verse 12. And will you read verse 12 yeah. there?
0: All the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles.
1: So, one of the things I want you to see here is that the team listened and weighed all of the things. Mm-hmm. The team absorbed it. This was the function of a good team. They were actually able. they kept silent, and they were listening and as they were relating all that they had that had been done. yeah, so you can see that this team did that. Now, I want you to understand this. This is not just something you use at a church. You can use this at your business. You can use this in your family. You can use this even between a husband and a wife.
0: I'll tell you what you sure can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what did Nicole say? Read that.
0: She said, if your vision can't go past yourself, you'll never accomplish anything greater than what you yeah. can do. We must be kingdom-minded, not me-minded. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
1: There's, We have to think beyond ourselves. I mean, think about this. Watch this. Here's here's a great point. If all you ever do is if all if all I ever do is not you I'll, I'll make it about me.
0: I oh, say um, switch it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if all I ever do is um, basically defend myself, mm-hmm. right? If all I ever do is defend myself, my position. Yeah. And what I'm doing, I will find myself by myself. You, you see? there's. In other words, if, if I don't go beyond, mm-hmm. if I don't go beyond myself, then I'm going to find myself by myself. Yeah. And, and that's one of the things that we've got to see and we must understand yeah. is it's not just about me. Yeah. The Bible says very clearly, consider others higher than yourself. Yeah. Consider others higher than yourself. Yeah, Lisa said there's no I in team. You know, we must, if I don't go beyond myself, I'll find myself by myself. So go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, you know, using Lisa, Lisa Lamb, she is here at our church. She's on the hospitality team. Let's say that on the hospitality team, Lisa was responsible for desserts and Julie's responsible for cooking dinner. If Lisa comes into this debrief that we're going to be talking about and the four questions and all she's thinking about are the desserts, the desserts were greatest, everybody loved them, but... Meanwhile, Julie's stove caught on fire yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. don't listen to Julie's point of, I had some issues with this. Then what you'll end up doing, if you just bring in your agenda, you'll end up missing and goes back to what we were saying. You'll end yeah. up missing that other perspective that's so vital.
1: Yeah. And, and see, that goes back to emotional maturity. In other words, if all I'm concerned about is defending myself and my point of view, I won't look at the concerns and needs of other people, and that means immediately the team is going to take a hit and go down. Immediately the team is going to take a hit and go down. And so one of the things... Uh, in emotional maturity, we did a great great exercise as a team uh, there 's a book called emotional intelligence we 're going to put the link up. This will be in the description going forward that 's why I was looking up so you, so that you would have it is we 're going to put these books up because these are and these are two short books like they 're they 're easy to read. But emotional intelligence, basically, and then this is interesting. I think it's on a score of like 1 to 100. It there is. you go. We just put it up. It's on a score of 1 to 100. And most people, you know, they're thinking, well, I'll probably get like an 80 or 90. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> you sure won't. <laughs> you can. And there's the link for the five dysfunctions of a team. <laughs>
0: I'm laughing because this is my least favorite thing we ever had done at that
1: point. Like, I went
0: in thinking that, and I came out, and I'm like, I am the worst ever.
1: The only way that you come out with a high score <laughs> is if you are very, 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 very advanced, or you're lying, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it, you're not being honest with yourself. <laughs> and that's the truth. Like it's it's the truth. Like you, that's the only way that you come out with a high score. You're not really, truly being honest with yourself. Or you are highly advanced, highly advanced. And um, (laughs) anyway, so the whole team was like, you know, we took that test and they were like, oh my goodness. Well, you know what one of the very first things of being emotionally intelligent and emotionally mature is? Honesty with yourself. Self-awareness. Self-awareness, and so it's a great, it's a great uh, alarm clock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a great alarm clock, and I would recommend everybody yeah. do that. That's the same people, the emotional intelligence were the same people that did the finders book, which also is a great book. We'll put that in the comments too, a little bit later. But
0: it truly was the thing that started waking me up because, really? like you and Pastor Nicole and George, like when I, when George and I got married, like I had lots of stuff come at me of, Barrett, you're not where you thought you were, and it was very easy to assume. Well, pastors see this and George see this, but they're just seeing it through a wrong lens. But when it's on black and white in front of me, of no, no, Barry, you tested this way (laughs) and this is where your results are. Uh, Like it, it forced me to get honest with myself of I I need to grow up. Like I need to grow in this stuff. Otherwise I will never be able to do the things that God's called me to do. And it was not a fun pill to swallow, but it was a necessary pill to swallow.
1: Yeah amen
0: yeah (laughs) it was
1: (laughs) it was uh it was interesting i'm gonna get this link here but there's a lot of people they don't realize where they're actually where they actually are yeah and because of that they are struggling and listen if you don't take a hard look at where you are you know judge yourself lest you be judged that principle in yeah. the Bible is, if you don't actually look at where you are, then where you are will start to judge you. Yeah. And it'll it'll actually be working against you whether you're ready for it or yeah. not. So you might as well get real with it yeah. and figure it out. So well,
0: And here's why it's also important, like let's say you're talking about this at a church, you're there serving because you love the Lord and you want to be used yeah. by Him. Let's say we're talking about this in a marriage. You want your marriage to go well. If you're using this at a job, you want your job to go well. Yeah. If you, if we don't work on us, like our greatest ministry is to work yeah. on ourselves. So if we don't work on, our, on us, then the places where God's planted us will never thrive to the place that they're called to go to. If yeah. I didn't work on me, Boomerang as a whole would would be held back. That's right. Because I'm called to be here at boomerang. You're
1: the one that's supposed to be there and you're supposed to be growing. And on some level, it will hold us back.
0: And in a marriage, if you're not working on you, your husband, your wife, they can be the best husband or wife ever, but your marriage will be held back because we're not working on ourselves. And that's what I needed to come to the realization of.
1: So I think, you know, we're going to finish talking about this uh, today, but I'm going yeah. to go over those four questions in detail tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about how to do a proper team debrief, but let's just establish, finish establishing today in yeah. the last couple of minutes. Um, the the biblical case that they had a good debrief, yeah. right? The biblical case. And so look at, you know, verse 7, after they had much Uh, debate. Verse 12, everybody listened and they weighed what was said, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then look at verse 14. It says in Acts 15, 14, Simeon has related how God first concerned himself about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. So now you had other members of the team that are weighing in. So you had, you know, Paul and Barnabas. You had Peter there. You had now Simeon Israeling, mm-hmm. his his side of it. So this was not a one-sided conversation. Yeah. Now, a true debrief has everybody listening and everybody giving the necessary report, the necessary sides. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then watch this. Let's go to Acts chapter nine, uh, Acts fifteen and verse nineteen and twenty. Yeah. And uh, Acts fifteen, verse nineteen through twenty. And let me let me read this. He and this is this is Peter talking. Okay, and he says, uh, let's make sure. Yeah, James. Excuse me, James. Uh, James answered, and then he says this. He says, verse 19, "...therefore it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they abstain from the things contaminated by idols, from fornication, from what is strangled, and from blood." So what you see is you have the leader who heard all of the discussion, yeah. who heard all of the debrief, and then uh, James says, okay, now here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And see, now the, the group should come together and say, we it, we're one. And we all back this, whether we, we agreed with it or not, we are one team, and now we submit ourselves to what the leader has done, as long as it's not morally wrong. Mm-hmm. We su- submit our backing, and we will operate and come out of this meeting as one yeah and so but you have the leader who hears all of this they have the proper time they listen to it and then they come out of that meeting and he makes a declaration of here's what we're going to do if one needs to be made and they come out in unity yeah. many times teams and organization churches They don't have unity because they don't have healthy discussions and healthy debriefs. And so tomorrow we'll go over those four. I apologize for putting it off, but if we open that up, it would take a while. Tomorrow around noon on Lunch Plus, we'll go over those four questions and how to uh, properly open up. And maintain a good debrief so that you can actually uh, go over and examine it while it's still fresh in your mind. And these are the tools and the biblical principles that will help all of us uh, to do better in everything that we do. Not just our church, not just our business, uh, but in our family, in our homes. We use these same principles with our kids We use the exact same leadership principles in our home and uh, draw them to their own resolve, draw them to their own conclusions, so that now they're making good good decisions themselves. And what I see today in the world, I was actually thinking about it this morning, is you have a lot of people, they don't know how to think for themselves, they know how to be told but they don't know how to think. Mm-hmm. They don't know how and I'm not just talking about a logical thinking. I'm I'm talking about they don't know how to receive wisdom from God yeah. and receive his thinking either. And we really need to be the people that see and understand. Um you know, I watched um well, I won't give that situation right now, but um I wa- I just had a situation that came up to me yesterday where somebody sent something to me. And it's like the the decision that somebody made was Actually, a whole company made this decision. Makes zero sense. Zero no sense whatsoever, and it's like where are the thinkers today? Where are the people that are actually logically going through? And because we've not had healthy conflict, we've just had dialogues on social media, we've not had good discussion, we've not had front porch meetings after Sunday service, after Sunday lunch where iron sharpens iron anymore. Yeah. We've become very dull, and we need to get to the place where we can have a healthy conflict again. Yeah. and uh, have a sharpening of each other. And uh, it's really something that's been missed in our society. And truly today, literally not, not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, I heard of a story where somebody just basically, they've never been told no. And because they've never been challenged in any of their thinking, they think that everybody around them was just a horrid monster because they challenged me, you know, and it's like, You know, where are the people with strength? Where are the people that are growing? That person's never going to grow until they become emotionally mature. And so we just, Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, let this revelation from your word, let it grow people. Let people grow by it. Lord, let them see the need for healthy conflict. Let people see the need for growth. Let people see the need for a proper debrief. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for helping us to grow and to fulfill your vision and destiny for our lives. And Lord, let us not be held back, but let us go after you with everything. Everything, Lord, we praise you and we worship you. Lord, grow leaders out of this broadcast. Grow leaders out of this broadcast, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, take them to higher levels. Let them see. Let them see so clearly where they are and where they need to be. And Lord, give them the strength to get there. In Jesus' name, thank you. If you have anything to pray.
0: Father, thank you that your people learn how to think God thoughts. Yeah. Thank you, Father, that you right now, in Jesus' name, every viewer who watches today and who watches tomorrow throughout the rest of this week, Lord, expand their minds that they would think think on the level that you have called them to think on. Yeah. Lord, I thank you that you are expanding and opening doors in their realm of thinking that they haven't previously had access to before because for whatever reason, they just haven't. Lord, I thank you that minds are being open today. I thank you that emotional maturity comes yes. to your people today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're not just teaching us how to be emotionally mature. You're Teaching us how to be people who think on things worthy of praise, because even through all of this, how to have healthy conflict stuff, the root is how to go higher, how to do better. God, I thank you. I thank you that yeah, you're teaching yeah. us to be people that you, think on things worthy of praise and are a thankful, praise-worthy people. Lord, thank you for your thank help you, today. Sunday, thank see, you okay. for your
1: goodness and your mercy, Holy Lord. Sure, baby. THANK YOU FOR OVERFLOWING US. THANK YOU, LORD, FOR US BEING THE TYPE OF LEADERS THAT NOT ONLY STICK OUT IN THE KINGDOM OF GOD, BUT THEY STICK OUT yeah. IN OUR JOBS, in our, IN OUR WORLD. LORD, LET PEOPLE GROW TO THE PLACE WHERE PROMOTIONS CANNOT EVADE THEM. LORD, LET THEM GROW TO THE PLACE WHERE PROMOTION CANNOT EVADE yeah. THEM ANYMORE. THEY DON'T MISS THEM. LORD, they, THEY CATCH EVERY PROMOTION, AND IT'S RIGHT, AND IT'S OF YOU. Father, we thank you for it, and we praise you for it, and we give you the glory. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. And we just encourage you today, you know, uh, to sow. We sow this broadcast into the world every day. Uh, but we encourage you to sow. This is a part of God's system of growing. Mm-hmm. And actually, it is the beginner step. But many people have not been taught that. They haven't seen that. I believe it's Luke chapter 16. Uh You can throw it up there if you want to. Where it says, uh, it tells us, uh, find the exact scripture if you would, buddy, and uh, put that up there. But it says, Jesus actually says, if you don't understand how to use unrighteous wealth, he says, how can I give you the true riches of the kingdom? In other words, how can I take you into Kingdom 201, 301, 401? How can I advance you in other riches of the kingdom if you don't understand this first step, this 101? And so many times finances, sowing and reaping, right, giving and receiving, this is how the Lord actually shows us many things in the kingdom. I learned faith by understanding sowing and reaping. I learned Healing by understanding sowing and reaping in finances. So yeah. there's the scripture, Luke sixteen eleven. Thank you, buddy, for putting that up there. So Luke sixteen eleven shows us that, and so we encourage you. Don't be, you know, don't be the type of person. I under, some people they're like, "Well, I can't give you know a hundred or five hundred dollars every time you do a broadcast." Well, you can't now. Right? But what you can do is say, but I'm sewing something. Yeah. Right? I'm sewing something. I used to have a karate teacher. And uh, we would pay monthly for the class. But he'd say, never come to class empty-handed. And he would make us bring, at the very least, we'd bring a quarter every single Even though we paid for it, you know, it it wasn't the change that meant yeah. something. It was how we approached it. When we learned to sow, Lord, I, then what we we're saying is, I received something today. My life changed by the bib, biblical truths yeah. that I heard today. I receive it. There's something there. And so we encourage you to sow today. You can go to give uh, That has all, all the different, you can sow there there once or ongoing. You can do cash app give uh, cash tag. Well, it sounds weird to me every time I say it. Cash tag, give ww. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can in Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount, or you can text to give the numbers there on the screen. Yeah. There's other ways you can give as well, uh, but we just encourage you to do that. Partner with us to get that word out. Yeah. Help us grow other churches and other teams like what we're uh, talking about today. So yeah. amen. Amen got anything to add to that
0: really quickly you know the point the pastor was just making about you know always bring something with you when you go and buy yeah. something at a store and it's a free gift what are you what do you esteem more the thing that you purchased like or yeah. the thing that was just kind of handed to you that's a little bit cheaper yeah. the words not cheap and so it's not that you have to pay for the word but when you esteem something yeah. when it matters to you you invest in that thing that you esteem that's right. you Invest in things that are precious to you and are valuable to you. And that's the point he's making. You know, if this is valuable to you, and it should be because yeah. it's the word, then invest yourself as the Lord leads you in that way.
1: Well, I don't go, like for example, I was traveling the other day and, you know, I had a, uh, water or something. I needed to use a bathroom. And I, I didn't need to buy anything yeah. at the convenience store, but I needed their bathroom. But see, this biblical principle actually establishes character. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to come in here and use your bathroom and not buy something from the store. Same. Like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to find something uh, to purchase, and I'm going to find, because I appreciate you being open, and I have done it, you know, obviously at times where I walked in, used the bathroom, walked out, but I don't do that now, because there's something inside. There's a biblical principle mm-hmm. of, you gave me something, and I want to give to you because of that. Yeah. I'm not just paying you for it. It's a, I respect it and I receive that and so many people I watch they'll they'll receive the word but they don't feel any need and that's actually a heart change that needs yeah. to take place because until you get that heart change in you, it, it'll be difficult to advance Amen. in finances. It's difficult to advance in finances if you think that everybody should just give you something for free. Yeah. And the Bible actually talks about that. He says, don't muzzle the ox that's, that's treading out the corn right? Don't yes. muzzle the ox. In other words, let he's working, let him eat some of, a little bit of what he's treading out for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, at the very least, let him have have we should So when people are working on the Word, you want to make sure that you are not muzzling them, that you're allowing them to eat some of the overflow as well. Amen. Amen. And so as you sow today, you're welcome to. They have that information up there. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow and excited to give you uh, the four points, the four questions of the debrief. And uh, they are great, great things. Yeah. We love you so very much. Buddy's going to wrap it up here. And uh, listen, join in on these other Broadcast about how to think. You know, this whole year so far, we've been talking about how to think, how to get God's wisdom on things. Uh, it started at the beginning of the year. Go and watch some of those broadcasts and see what the Lord has for you. We love you so very much.